It was a good weekend for the New York Islanders as they swept their two crosstown rivals, first beating the Rangers 3-0 on a Friday, then edging the Devils 4-3 on Sunday. We have our key takeaways from both games and a look ahead at what the rest of the season is going to look like. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody had a great weekend. I know the Islanders certainly did. Want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Pretty magical weekend for the New York Islanders. They started off with a 3 to nothing shutout win over the Rangers, then beat the Devils 4-3 on Sunday. We had a shutout on Friday, a hat trick on Sunday. We've got all of this covered for you on today's show. Let's start out with the uh, Friday game. Anytime you win at Madison Square Garden, let's start with this. It is especially sweet. And you got to start with Simeon Varlamov because Varley... You know, here's a guy who had a very rough season so far. Simeon Varlamov started the year off injured, was not able to be ready for training camp, did not start the season. Uh, You know, Ilya Sorokin started, what was it, the first seven games, give or take, during the regular season. And then Varley slowly had to come back and get back into shape, and he... By the time he came back, the team was playing poorly in front of him because of the fact that so many guys were out of the lineup because of COVID. At one point, there was only one of the team's top six defensemen available. Now, finally, Varlamov sort of back to where he needs to be. And all of a sudden, you know, he's behind Ilya Sorokin, not getting as much action. Now Sorokin is banged up. And what do we see? For the Islanders, who's coming up big? Yeah, you got it. Simeon Varlamov. The Islanders could have traded him at the deadline. They did not. He makes 27 saves to earn the win on Friday. Back-to-back nights, back-to-back wins for Varley. And that was huge. And you just got to give credit 
because it would have been easy for Simeon Varlamov to say, hey, been a rough a rough year. Uh, now, all of a sudden, here I am thrust back into the lineup. No, he was ready when called upon, and boy, did he come through. But it goes beyond that because you look at what the Islanders did against the Rangers. Uh, first of all, the identity line, and you add Ross Johnston in there, uh, scoring the first two goals in this game, one by Casey Sezikis in the first period, one by Matt Martin early in the second. And, you know, that in and of itself, good sign for this team. Matthew Barzal with a goal and an assist. He had the third goal. All good, but, you know, the Islanders scored three goals on only 18 shots on net. And so you look at the box score and you're like, oh yeah, okay, Islanders were outshot 27 to 18. That's a 3 to 2 margin. So how did they win? All right, let's go down the list here of the most dangerous Rangers players and how they were limited. And and the Rangers did have some quality scoring chances, but Mika Zibanejad, one shot on goal. Artemi Panarin, no shots on goal. Chris Kreider, the most dangerous goal scorer this year on that Rangers roster, one shot on goal. You take Panarin, Zabinijad and Kreider and hold them to a total of two shots on goal between the three of them, you are doing something right. And the Islanders certainly did something right in this game. You have to be pleased with the overall team defense and, you know, no Anders Lee, no Brock Nelson, those guys who have been red hot, they didn't figure in the scoring, but overall, the Islanders seem to be finding their footing and all of the players in this lineup really seem to be uh, sort of settling into their roles, whether it's a Ross Johnston or an Oliver Wallstrom, who has had some success now uh, on a line with Matthew Barzal, and they seem to be getting some chemistry. And Wally only played seven and a half minutes in the game on Friday, <clears throat> but he got the job done, uh, made the most of it by picking up the assist. Want to see a little more ice time for him, but overall, you just have to sort of be pleased with the way that this game unfolded. And the Islanders, you know, they were physical when they needed to be. They kind of stuck up for each other when they needed to. You know, I think of the Barkley, Goodrow, Anders, Lee scuffle uh, in early in the third period. And... One thing about Varlamov, he came up big when he needed to, but what Varley also did was he saw the puck almost all the time. And that's a credit to the Islanders' defense. Four block shots by Ryan Pulak in this game to lead the way in that category. Ross Johnston with four hits to lead the Islanders there. Look, you go into Madison Square Garden, you quiet down the Rangers' crowd you are doing something right, right there. And the Islanders did that. They sort of 
suck the the excitement level out of the building as far as the Rangers and their fans were concerned, and they get the win. And look, you look at the standings, the Islanders, you know, their playoff hopes mathematically are hanging on by a thread, whereas the Rangers really needed the two points, but it was the Islanders who came in on the road. They were the team playing in the back-to-back They got the job done, and they have every reason to be proud of their performance. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address, lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. When we come back, lots more to talk about. We'll break down the 4-3 win over the Devils Sunday at The Rock in Newark, and one of the most magic moments of the Islanders' organization during the 21st century. We've got that as part of our Islanders' birthday of the day. Lots more to get to on today's Locked on Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Have you tried the Puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, my personal favorite, the banana cream pie. They're so good. These are going to be your new favorite. And look, most Built Bars, they contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but they're packing 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So, Sunday, the Islanders taking on the New Jersey Devils at the Rock. And again, goaltending, a big part of this story. And Corey Schneider, who dressed as the backup to Ilya Sorokin early in the season, but did not play in a game for the Islanders. A guy who hadn't played an NHL game in a little more than two years. I think his last NHL game was just before the pandemic hit with the Devils in March of 2020. And he gets thrust into this game on Sunday against the team he spent so much time playing for. And Schneider gets the job done. Was it a virtuoso performance? No, but he faced 30 shots, made 27 saves. And boy, uh, did he do a good job overall of, especially early on, making a lot of stops. And then in the third period, uh, when the Devils were sort of pouring it on to try to get back into the game, Schneider came up 
with some big saves. It had to be an emotional night. Schneider, as we've been tracking on our weekly farm report, has been playing very, very well down in Bridgeport. But it was a big, big performance for him, sort of stepping up and getting the job done in New Jersey, where he had played for so many years. And uh, look, is Corey Schneider going to be with the Islanders next year as the backup? I don't necessarily think so, but uh, he certainly is making his case that he's still capable of playing in the NHL uh, over the course of maybe as a backup during the season. So that was great. And then obviously, J.G. Pajot coming up big with the hat trick. And you know the thing... He had five shots on goal, three of them going in, add an assist. So he was in on all four goals. He set up the Palmieri goal. Three assists for Adam Pellick, a goal and two assists for Palmieri. Here's the thing that really struck me about Pajot. If you go back and you look at the replays, I don't think if you add the distance between where Pajot put the puck on net to the goal line... If you add up the distance for all three goals, I don't think it would total five feet. He was in close on all three uh, goals. And that is exactly what this team needs from guys like J.G. Pajot and Anders Lee and and, and so many other uh, players. Now, Lee didn't even have a shot on goal in this game. Neither did Bavillier, but neither did Brock Nelson. But... Other guys picked up the slack, and the Palmieri and Pajot line really, really clicked that duo. And I'll tell you, uh, it was a very, very good performance there. Oliver Wallstrom and P.K. Subban getting involved. Uh, Wallstrom made a very clean hit, uh, and Subban took exception to it. And look... I understand to a point because obviously Jack Hughes was the victim of the hit. It was a clean hit. I don't think anyone uh, broadcasting the game complained about it. And I understand to to a point that P.K. Subban is there to defend his good, young, talented player. That's, you know, his job. But it was a clean hit and the Islanders stuck up for each other. And I give them credit for you know, yeah, Wallstrom got called for five minutes for fighting, even though he really didn't do a heck of a lot. But uh, Subban getting the game misconduct, and that unquestionably was a bit of a help to the Islanders when all was said and done. Now, the problem with this game is this. If you're the Islanders, you're up three to nothing. Uh Late in the second period, the Devils get a goal by Boakfist, and it's 3-1 after 40 minutes. The problem is, when you had that 3-0 lead, you can't just hang back and take your foot off the gas. And unfortunately, that's what the Islanders did. It was bad, uh, and New Jersey got to within 3-2 after the Goal by Thomas Tatar early in the third period. And that's when the Islanders sort of stepped up a little bit. And the Palmieri goal, you thought, ah, okay, we clinched it. Nico Highshire scoring 
uh, late with a minute six to go after the Devils pulled their goalie. But the Islanders did manage to hold on. And yes, Corey Schneider came up with a couple of important saves late in the game to preserve the win. But, you know, the Islanders, they can't let up like that. They just can't do it. And so many of those chances, the other thing was, came from in close. Got to give some credit to Grant Hutton. He has been playing well. And, you know, Sebastian Ajo sat on Sunday. Andy Green back in the lineup. But Grant Hutton, a plus one in this game. And looking like, he looks like he can get the job done. I'm not saying he's ready for prime time. That he is certainly a top six defenseman right now, but at least he is doing what he needs to do in order to uh, to to play well defensively. And he led all Islanders players with six shots on goal in this game. And to have another defenseman who is ready, willing, and able to put the puck on net is a big positive for the Islanders who need to get those shots on goal as often as possible. And look, the Islanders, 30 shots on goal. They outshot, uh, excuse me, 29 shots on goal. They were outshot 30 to 29. But, you know, until late in the game, the Islanders had that advantage. And they played it very, very well. Casey Sezekis, I tell you, uh, enough with the penalties, Casey. It seems like every game he takes at least one minor penalty, sometimes two. And he's got to slow down, stay out of the box. Um, It tends to happen when you're chasing rather than skating and moving your feet. And, you know, especially in that third period, uh, late in the second and into the third, and it was late in the second when Sezikis took the goaltender interference penalty. Uh, You know, I looked at that first angle. I said to myself, no, that's not a problem. That looked clean. Then they showed a second angle, and yeah, it was a a legit call, as much as you don't like to admit it, but uh, wow, for the Islanders, uh, a great weekend where you beat the Rangers and the Devils, both games on the road, you get the full four points. That is one sweet weekend for the New York Islanders, and... Look, you, you, you check the standings right now, and the Islanders have basically taken over fifth place in the division. They are still 13 points behind the Washington Capitals as I record this on Sunday evening with uh, one game in hand. But, you know, are they going to catch the Caps? I, I, I kind of doubt it, but... Just keep chugging along and playing the kind of hockey that we need you to play. The best thing about this is that the Islanders are finding themselves. And I still want to see a little bit more in the lineup. Uh, I want to see, look, not to, to disparage Ross Johnston, not to disparage some of the other players in this lineup, but I want to see more Kiefer Bellows. He sat again two games in a row over the weekend, but overall, a solid performance in two games by the Islanders. Still some things to work on, but you got to be pleased with what we saw. 
When we come back, we relive one of the magic moments of the Islanders' history from the early 2000s as part of our Islanders' birthday of the day. We've got all that and more coming up on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. And BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We are a day late on this one. Sunday was the 47th birthday for former Islanders forward Sean Bates, the native of Melrose, Massachusetts, went to Boston University, was drafted by the Bruins in the fourth round back in 1993, and made his debut in the 97-98 season for the Bruins, came to the Islanders in time for the 2001-2002 campaign, and those first two years for Sean Bates were his best with the Isles, 17 goals, 52 points in 2001-2002, And then in 2002-2003, 13 goals and 42 points. He had 15 goals in 2005-2006. Stayed with the team through the 2007-2008 campaign before finishing his career in Europe and then briefly with the AHL's Manchester Monarchs. In his NHL career, Sean Bates, the 5'11", 205-pounder, 465 games, 72 goals, 198 points, and 266 penalty minutes. Three goals, seven points in 29 playoff games, 17 of those with your New York Islanders. And Sean Bates, you mention his name to any Islander fan, you take them back to Game 4 of the 2002 uh, playoff series Opening round against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Leafs come into this up two games to one in the series. It's at the Nassau Coliseum on April 24th, 2002. And this becomes a must game for the Islanders to try to get even in this series. Curtis Joseph, the goalie for the Maple Leafs. Chris Osgood in between the pipes for the Islanders. And it was the Islanders getting on the board first. 10 minutes and 30 seconds into the game. Alexi Yashin potting his first playoff goal. Mark Parrish and Adrian Acoin with the assist. Isles up one to nothing. This was a nasty series, I got to tell you. Physical, tough hockey by both teams. And in the closing seconds of the period, with Oleg Kavasha off for slashing, Alexander Mogilny ties it for the Leafs on a power play goal. Gary Roberts and Robert Reichel with the assist. 1944, the time of the goal. After the first period, Islanders won. Maple Leafs won. We go to the second. The only goal of the second also coming in the final minute. What is it with the Islanders and last-minute goals and periods? Tomas Caberle, his second, from Gary Roberts and Brian McCabe at 1919. 2-1 Maple Leafs after 40 minutes. In the third period, though, it's the Islanders' turn for a power play. 
Carol Pilar off for tripping, and Kip Miller scores for the Islanders. His first in the playoffs, Marius Tchaikovsky and Kenny Janssen with the assists, and it's 2-2. Two to two. Islanders take the lead a little more than a minute and a half later. Roman Hammerlick, his first from Alexi Yashin at 14.56. Three to two aisles, but that lead didn't even last two minutes. Shane Corson, his first from Paul Healy and Alan McCauley at 16.34. And the game is tied again 3-3 with a little more than three and a half minutes left. A little less than three and a half minutes left. Then, Sean Bates pulled down, a penalty shot awarded, and Bates skates in on Curtis Joseph, scores. You could have heard a pin drop before the goal, but Bates scores. The Coliseum goes absolutely crazy on the penalty shot in the playoffs, and that is a very, very rare occurrence. Sean Bates gets the game-winning goal that ties the series with Toronto at 2-2. Two and two. For Bates, he had two shots on goal. This was the only one that went in. He played 20 minutes and 34 seconds in the game and, of course, had the game winner. A magic moment. I'm telling you, you mentioned Sean Bates to any Islander fan who's old enough to remember that series. They will talk about that magic penalty shot moment that tied the series. Unfortunately, this was a series that the home team won all seven games, and Game 7 was in Toronto, so the Islanders ended up falling short. But, wow, what a great series it was, and what a great moment for Sean Bates. Sean Bates turning uh, 50, uh, excuse me, 47 years old, on Sunday, yesterday, he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Great weekend. Hopefully, hopefully the Islanders can start to build on it. Tuesday, the Dallas Stars come to town. That should be a good game and a good matchup. Dallas uh, in the thick of things as far as the uh, playoff race in the Western Conference. This game in Dallas, a lot of road games this month for the Isles. It'll be a challenge, but the Islanders now four games over 500 and and not quite, you know, in the words of Monty Python, I'm not quite dead yet. Uh, let's see if the Islanders can keep this streak going. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Hope you had a great weekend like the Islanders did. And of course, let's go Islanders.